All right, let's take our Bibles this morning. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Acts, uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28, the very last chapter uh, of the book of Acts. We have uh, been, uh, uh, not every message on Sunday morning through this year, but a lot of messages. Uh, you uh, see behind me our banner and uh, our theme for the year and having done all to stand. And we've been uh, preaching through different aspects of, of standing in the Christian life. Of course, Ephesians chapter 6, we were, we were in that passage quite a bit. And just kind of this idea of standing in the Christian life. And uh, folks, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If there's ever a day and age where we as Christians need to be standing, it's now. Amen? And uh, there is a battle raging. Uh, there is a war that's being fought. And you know what? As Christians, we shouldn't be on the sideline. Amen. We ought to be part of that and uh, part of standing and fighting for uh, the cause of Jesus Christ. And so uh, uh, no doubt if you're going to be part of the battle, then you're going to face uh, attacks in the Christian life. And that's just part of it. Amen. And, uh, you know, I've all, I often say this, you know, I, I don't get nervous when the devil's fighting uh, because that means I'm doing something right. Amen. I start getting nervous when he's leaving me alone because uh, if I'm inflicting damage on what he's trying to do, then he's going to be there to oppose me. Amen. And so this morning, I want to preach to you on this subject, standing through a satanic attack, standing through a satanic attack. Acts chapter 28, if you find your place, stand with me together. And uh, this is a, a familiar passage of Scripture. I've preached out of it before. Uh, but uh, I want to uh, read the first six verses here and then to give you some things that will help you this morning. Acts chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he took off, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for the Bible, the Word of God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it has power. And we thank you, Lord, that it changes us and helps us. And Lord, uh, we're just so thankful for all, all that you do in our lives through it. Now, God, as we turn our attention to your precious word here for the next few moments, God, I pray you'd speak to us this morning. Lord, the folks didn't hear, come to hear from me today. They come to hear from you. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you'd be active in our midst. I pray that you would uh, do the work that I can't do, and that's the work on the heart. And Lord, I pray as I do every Sunday, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as personal Savior, they would accept you before it's eternally too late. Those of us that are saved, God, I pray we'd allow the Word of God to change us and help us and make us what we ought to be for you. And we'll love you, Jesus, and we'll give you the praise, glory, and honor for it. We ask you in all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Standing through 
a satanic attack. If there's anyone who knew how to do that, that was the Apostle Paul. Man, I love reading about his life. He was an amazing man. Amen? Hey, Paul had an all-out, take-no-prisoners attitude. What an impact he made for our Savior in his brief 31-year ministry. And I know when we read the New Testament and uh, we see that a lot of these books God used through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit used Paul to write, we think maybe in our minds that you know he, he lived and ministered for 50 or 60 years. But truth be told, folks, uh, he didn't get saved until he was a little bit older, until he was uh, more mature in his years. He only had a 31-year ministry, but what an impact he made. Amen? You study about Paul. He was a church planner. He was an evangelist. He was a missionary. He was a disciple of new converts and, and new, uh, new uh, assemblies and, and young preachers. I mean, listen, he, he lived his life uh, for the cause of Christ. Of course, he got saved on the road of Damascus, and uh, he burned fiercely up until the very end where he was martyred for his faith. And his earthly life may have been put out by that wicked emperor Nero, but let me say this, folks, in heaven he shines brighter than ever. Amen? What a great man the Apostle Paul was. But not only did God use him to do amazing things, Paul's life was also one that was persecuted. It was attacked. It was tormented. More than any of the other apostles, Paul probably suffered the greatest. Paul shared those sufferings with us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Listen to these verses here as I read them to you. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in laborers more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Man, Paul's life was that where he spent a lot of it in perils in weakness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Man, Paul suffered immensely. Paul suffered greatly. Our account we read this morning is one of the account of Paul's three shipwrecks. In Acts chapter 27, we read the story of where uh, he was met with this great storm and, and the ship was broken up and uh, they, were, they, were, they, they had to flee into the sea to, to save their lives and they washed up on the shore of this island called Malita. And of course, uh, you would think uh, that Paul, of all people, ought to deserve a break. But here he was on the island of Melita, and you know what happened? He got bit by a viper. Again, we see a satanic attack upon his life. Now, I'm pointing that out this morning so that we understand this, that uh, the viper in this account here that we're, we're preaching about represents none other than old smutty face himself. Amen? All right? I don't think it was an accident that it was a viper that Satan used to try to take out the Apostle Paul. Of course, the Bible, uh, that goes back to the book of Genesis where Satan took the form of the serpent and used to, to tempt Eve and, of course, plunge 
plunge mankind into the mess we're in today. Amen? Now let me say this, folks. The old devil is a viper. And I don't want you to think for one minute that the devil is your friend. Amen? There's an old song we used to sing in Sunday school uh, or on the church bus. Uh, I hate the devil and he hates me. Amen? And let me just say this, folks. The devil's not your friend. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. He hates you. He wants to destroy you. He is our enemy. Amen? Amen. And His goal is to destroy us as Christians. Now, praise God, greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. Amen? Amen. Praise God, Satan doesn't have uh, near the power God has, but he's still an enemy. He's still going to attack. And we need to know how to handle that so that we can stand against satanic attack. So let me give you some very practical things that will help you this morning. Number one, I want you to notice when the viper attacked. When did this viper uh, try to uh, come and uh, kill the Apostle Paul? What was going on in Paul's life? Well, think about it for a minute. If you know the backstory, it's when Paul was a prisoner. It's when he had just survived a storm. It's when he had just survived a shipwreck. Again, if, if anything, you would think maybe Paul would get a break. But folks, let me just say this. The devil doesn't play fair. Amen? Have you ever heard the saying, don't kick a man when he's down? Let me tell you, Satan never heeds to that creed, all right? He'll not only try to knock you down, he'll try to stomp the spiritual life out of you once he gets you down, amen? That's what he, that's what he wants to do. That's who he is. And, the, and Paul here, I mean, he was attacked satanically when all these other things were going on in his life. The storm, the shipwreck, the sea, all right? Being washed up on this island, surrounded by these, these natives there. I mean, he was in a mess here, and uh, that's when he was attacked. You know, the Bible talks about, in the book of James, talks about divers' temptations. Let me read the verse to you. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. That word divers, it, it, it talking about manifold or, or many at a time. And folks, let me tell you, sometimes that's the way it is in the Christian life. It's just not one thing. It's just not two things. I'm going to tell you, the devil will bring it all out to try to take you down. Amen? So when did the viper attack? The viper attacked when Paul was already in the midst of a bunch of other things. Notice, second of all, why the viper attacked. Look what it says in, in verse, first of all, back in chapter 27, verse 37. And we were all in a ship, uh, 203 score and 16 souls. And then it says in verse 43, But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they could swim, uh, that could, quit, could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and to the land, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of ships. And so it came to pass that they all escaped uh, to the land. So notice here what you have going on. You've got 276 survivors of the shipwreck. They either swam to shore, they floated to the shore on some broken pieces of the boat. And imagine these 276 uh, shipwrecked uh, people here, most of them being prisoners, on the shore, cold, wet, hungry, and traumatized by that ordeal. And, and, and the native people, the Bible calls them the barbarous people, they kindled a fire for him. And so, you know what? Paul looked around and saw, hey, there was 276 uh, people here. And you know what? He, he noticed that the fire needed to be bigger so it could help the people that were there. And so he began bun, uh, get, gathering a bunch of sticks together so he could build a bigger fire. So why did that viper attack the Paul? The same reason Satan attacks Christians today. Paul was trying to build a bigger fire. And let me say this, folks. Satan will always attack the Christians that are trying to save and help other people. 
He will always go after those people. You know, sometimes people give the devil more, more credit than what he's due. I mean, you know, I've heard people say some of the most silly things before. You know, you know, they get a flat tire. Oh, look what the devil made happen to me. Okay, folks, let me just say this. All right. Truth be told, unless you're involved in the work of trying to help and impact other people for eternal purposes, Satan probably doesn't mess with you a whole lot. That's a sad, <laughs> that's a true reality about it. Amen. All right, listen, why would the devil mess with people who aren't doing a whole lot to affect his work? Amen? No, I'm going to tell you who the devil turns his targets on. He turns his targets on those who are trying to build a bigger fire. Amen? By the way, every single one of us as Christians, uh, we all ought to try to stoke those fires that God has lit in our lives. Amen? Hey, it's good for us all to have a little inner pyromaniac, all right? Listen, we ought to be trying to build a bigger spiritual fire in our lives. Why should we do that? What's the importance? Why should we be involved in building a bigger fire spiritually? I'll tell you why. Because fire produces light. Amen? Fire produces light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 26. Ye are the light of the world. By the way, when Jesus was here, He said, I'm the light of the world. But guess what? He was going back to heaven. So guess who the task got assigned to to then illuminate the dark world? Amen? It's we as Christians. We're the light of the world. We sang about it this morning. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And they give it light unto all those that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And let me tell you what a big fire does, folks. It produces light. Let me tell you, uh, God, when we got saved, He lit that fire inside of us. But you know what it's up to us to do? It's up to us to stoke that fire and let us burn and let us try to do and accomplish great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You know why? So we can illuminate this dark world. By the way, it's a dark world out there, is it not? It's a spiritually dark world. The Bible talks about Ephesians chapter 6, about the, the principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And folks, let me tell you something. It, it, it's a dark, wicked world out there spiritually, but God has put something burning inside of us, and we ought to go out there and stoke a big fire so we can produce some light to it. Amen? Not only does a fire produce light, what else does a fire produce? It produces heat, right? Heat. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now think about this for a minute, okay? Uh, these men that were shipwrecked, they were on the shore, they were wet, they were cold. And you know what they needed to help comfort them? They needed some heat. They needed that fire. And heat provides comfort. And folks, let me say this. In this old, cold, dark world we're living in, there ought to be some place where people can come to and warm themselves. Amen? And I'm talking about spiritually warm themselves. Hey, listen, heat is good. Warmth is always well received to those suffering from the frigid, dark winds of this unkind and uncaring world. And by the way, a sign of a church that's healthy, a sign of a church that's alive, is a sign of a church that has fire, that produces heat, that through the, through the strength of the assembly, through the red-hot fire preaching of the Word of God, people can come and get the comfort they need in this dark world. Amen? Let me tell you what the church is, all right? Some people think a church is a museum for, 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 for perfection. That is not what the church of Jesus Christ is. You know what it 
is? It's a hospital for the hurting. Amen? And listen, let me tell you something, folks. I don't know about y'all, but when I go out and interact in that world, I'm going to tell you something. I, I come in here, and that's why I need the church, because I need what comes from this assembly right here. I need the fellowship. I need the singing of God's, pra- uh, God's praises, and I need the preaching of God's Word. And that's what fire will do. It will produce heat that brings comfort that will help those in need. Number three, not only that, a fire provides nourishment. Nourishment. Now listen, we're, uh, some of us guys, we're going to go uh, this week, we're going to go uh, camping uh, in West Virginia. So you pray for us that we make it back in one piece. Amen. Uh, we're going to leave after the service tonight. We're going to go to West Virginia and we're going to take an ATV trip. And we're going to do some camping. Let me tell you, Lord willing, if God allows us to, what we'll be, what we'll be doing tomorrow night, we'll be cooking over the fire. All right. Now, come on, if I'm going to be cooking over the fire, okay, uh, i got to get a fire going, right? Because if I want the food to cook, if I want to get nourished, i got to get the fire stoked. And those of you that cook over a fire, you know how that works. It's not just the immediate flame-up flames. you got to get the coals stoked, right? So you'll have the right amount of heat to cook your food. Let me tell you, a fire will provide nourishment. Hebrews chapter 5 says this, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hey, you know what he's saying here? He's saying, you know what, church? There comes a point in time where you need to graduate from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Amen? And let me tell you what we do a lot around here when we open this book up. You know what we're doing? We're grilling some spiritual meat. Amen? Let me tell you, that's exactly what a fire does. It provides nourishment. You can cook with it, and you can provide people nourishment with it. And that's what a church ought to do. Amen? It ought to be milk for new Christians, but it also be a meat for those that are full of age. Amen? And I'm going to tell you right now, any congregation that gets busy helping build the bigger fire will provide for their community light, heat, and nourishment. Amen? By the way, listen, it's not just my job to help the fire stoked and be built big. I need everyone's help in that area. Amen? And so we see here that the viper attacked when Paul was trying to build that fire. Now I want you to notice this, how the viper attacked, how the satanic attack came. Look look what it says back in our text in Acts chapter 28, verse 3 and 4. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians uh, saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him to live. Now notice how the viper, how the satanic attack came. The viper came out of the heat. Now think about that, out of the heat. You know most satanic attacks upon the church of Jesus Christ don't come without, they come from within. You know, the devil has either damaged or destroyed the potential spiritual impact upon a community by stirring up trouble within the congregation. Amen? 
And folks, listen, I don't know of any problems going on in this congregation right now, okay? And uh, I, I, I seriously, I, we're blessed in that area. And I'm not saying there, there, there could not be, amen? But I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not saying this necessarily to hone on on anyone particularly here. But sometimes as a preacher, you know what you do? You take a shot across the bow, amen? And, and, and we kind of let folks know what the devil's strategy is. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. The devil hates White River Baptist Church. He hates it. He hates it that in the last five years since we started this church, God's allowed us to see scores and scores of people come to Jesus Christ. He hates it that new believers have followed in baptism. He hates it that visitors are coming and lives are being changed and families are being helped. And let me tell you something. Don't tell me for one second. I'm not naive enough to believe that he doesn't have an attack trying to do something to neutralize this church. Amen? I'm going to tell you, it's number one way to do it. I promise you, it's going to try to be from within. That viper, he came out of the heat. Think about that. Out of the fire, out of the heat. Amen? And so, let me say this, church, okay? Uh, let's not be part of the problem. Let's be part of the solution, okay? Let's just, as Christians, keep ourselves right with the Lord. You know what the Bible says? The Bible talks about uh, if we have the right relationship with the Word of God, blessed are them that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We're living in a generation where people are looking for ways to be offended. Well, I'm offended at this. I'm offended at that. Well, you know what? I'm offended that you're offended so easy. I mean, come on. All right? I mean, listen, folks, let me just say this. If you go to a Bible-preaching church that preaches the Word of God straight, and you do, amen, if you're attending here, then from time to time, guess what? There's going to be some conviction in your life. By the way, that's a good thing. Okay? I haven't arrived yet. All right? And you know what? Truth be told, none of us have. And from time to time, you know what happens? You might get convicted about something, and then it's very easy to get disgruntled. It's very easy then to start, yuck, 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 yuck. And before you know it, you know what? Good people are used by the devil to start doing damage within the church. Amen? Now listen to me. Let's vow as church members never to be part of hurting or destroying your church. Listen, stay close to God, love your fellow church members, be humble, contribute to a spirit of excitement and unity in the congregation. Now listen, I'm not, again, I didn't fall off the pumpkin truck last night, okay? All right, I, 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 I'm not a novice at this. I, I've been in church literally, but before I was born, I've been in church. Now, I don't claim to know it all, but I've been around this thing a little bit, and, uh, and I've had some good teachers that have helped me along the way, all right? I'm not naive enough to believe that there won't from sometimes stuff happen or stuff come up. But here's what I always say. If it does, just handle it scripturally. And by the way, you know what the scriptural way to do is? The Bible tells us if you have ought against a brother, go to the brother. Amen? Listen, there's been times in my life where I've had to go to somebody and get things right. By the way, if we'll handle it scripturally, we'll handle it right, it doesn't bring dishonor to God, it brings glory to God. Amen? Listen, we're a family. I don't know one family that from time to time don't have a squabble. Okay? You know why? Because we're all sinners, that's why. Okay? We're going to be time where we don't get along. But listen... Don't get mad. Don't, don't uh, uh, handle it wrong. If you got a problem, go to the person and speak with them in a humble, spiritual way. 99% of the problems can be handled that way. Amen? Listen, if you have a church member, have a problem with something going on, come and talk to me about it. Okay? Come to me in a, in a humble way, and I promise you, we'll, I'll sit down and talk with you about it. Now, I'm not necessar- necessarily saying uh, it may turn out the way you want it to. But I'll sit and talk with you about it, amen? You know why? Because that viper came from without, from within the heat, and most satanic attacks happen within the church. 
Number two, we see this. The viper attacked before the crowd. That's interesting. You know, sometimes the devil will launch a private attack against a Christian. No doubt he will. But you know, sometimes that uh, the devil will do something in a public way. Think about this for a minute. Everyone saw and knew that that viper had bit Paul. The barbarians started talking. They started hurling unfair accusations and untrue assumptions against Paul. And you know, sometimes, folks, truth be told, uh, the devil will attack you or your family in a public way. Let me say, when that happens, it's very hard to keep going. It's very hard sometimes to want to keep going to church, to, to, to stay faithful to God. But let me just encourage you, don't quit. Amen? Don't quit. By the way, if you do, the devil wins. Just remember that. If for whatever reason, I don't care what the offense is, what if you quit on God, the devil just did exactly what he wanted to do. Amen? Amen? Don't let him do that. Okay? Listen to me, folks. Even if those around you seem to be part of that, listen, there's a way to handle it. There's a scriptural way to handle it. And folks, regardless of whether or not mankind fails you, God has, nor, God has not nor ever will fail you. Amen? As a Christian. So stay in there. Amen? Because sometimes the viper may attack before the crowd. Number three, what else do we see? We see the viper attack with deadly intent. The Bible called it a venomous beast. Let me say this. There's a handful of satanic attacks in your lifetime that have the potential of destroying your Christian testimony. Not every satanic attack is, is, is as severe as, as some of them. The Bible, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, it's very interesting. In fact, t- uh, turn back there with me real quick. We're close. They're in the book of Acts. I want you to see this. Very interesting. Notice what it says, uh, and this is, uh, of course, we've preached through this before, but look what it says in verse 13, okay? It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, notice what it says, in the evil day. In the evil day. Let me say this. In the Christian life, there's going to be some evil days. Okay, but there's also going to be the evil day. And I believe what that's talking about is a planned satanic attack where the devil's been working, he's been scheming, he's been conniving, he's been orchestrating things in the background for one pivotal moment in your Christian life that if you're not careful can destroy you, can destroy your testimony as a Christian. Amen? Now, I'm not saying He's still in your soul and taking you to hell. Amen? Once you're saved, you belong to God, and uh, praise God, our eternity is secure. But I'll just say this. If He can't take your soul, He wants your testimony. Okay? He wants to destroy our effectiveness for the cause of Jesus Christ. And don't think for one second that He doesn't try to connive and plan. In fact, the Bible tells us that. The evil day. And this viper here, when it attacked the Apostle Paul... It did so with deadly intent to be able to destroy him completely. Amen? All right. That was the introduction. You ready for the message this morning? Okay. Y'all are laughing. Okay. Like I've said that to you before. Okay. Here's the message. Give me 10 minutes and you got the message this morning. What's the practical application to that? Because remember the title of the message, How to Stand Against a Satanic Attack. All right? I've kind of showed you about the viper and how it attacks, why it attacks, when it attacks. Now let me give you the practical application and tell you, how to stand against a satanic attack. Remember, remember, Christian, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So when it happens to you, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to handle it? Here we go. Very uh, Four simple principles. Number one is this. Paul did not begin to blame God. Okay? Do not 
blame God. One of the saddest responses a Christian can have to a satanic attack is to blame God for what Satan is doing. By the way, I see it happen all the time. Okay? I mean, people, why would God allow this to happen? Okay? And by the way, that's not necessarily a wrong question to ask, per se. But listen, don't uh, doubt your faith in God. Hey, by the way, here's just a good principle for mature Christianity, okay? Take God off trial in your life. Okay? Every time something happens, quit automatically thinking, God, why did you do this? God, why did you allow this? I talked to a dear lady this week, a dear saint of the Lord, and she uh, was telling me about uh, uh, some problems, some health physical things she was dealing with. And she told me, she says, you know, I have this problem with my foot, and I was sitting here praying one day, and and I asked God, I said, God, I know you have the power to take this from me. God, you you can do anything you want. All you have to do is thank the thought, and this can be taken away from me. Lord, would you take it from me? And here's what she said before long the Holy Spirit came back and said, you know what, I'm not going to take it from you. You know why? Because you're closer to me with it than without it. And you know what she said? She says, all right, Lord, good enough for me. And had the right attitude about the the trial in her life she was facing. And so, folks, let me just say this. Don't blame God when a satanic attack happens. Remember something. We're in a battle, right? The Bible says we're in a warfare. There's good versus evil, amen? There's heaven, there's hell. There's the devil, there's God, all right? And we're in the battle, and if you're saved, we're on the battle for the, uh, uh, we're on the right side, on the battle for right, amen? I'm going to tell you, there will be attacks, all right? Don't, don't get bitter at God for something that the devil is doing. I mean, how silly is that, amen? To blame God when truth be told, it's the devil. How come when something bad happens, instead of people getting mad at God, why don't they ever get mad at the devil? Why do we always want to assume it's God's fault? Hey, get mad at the one who's causing it, and that's the stinking devil himself. Amen? Here's what the Bible says. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now listen to this. Draw nigh to God. That's interesting if you look at the context of that. Okay, the context is that Satan's coming, all right, and he and he's battling you, and, and, and God tells us to resist him and he will flee. So that's talking about spiritual warfare, amen, spiritual attack, spiritual battle. The very next verse says this, draw nigh to God. Isn't that interesting? Listen, you need God more when you're going through a satanic attack than any other time in your life. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Isn't that interesting? Double-mindedness is associated with drawing nigh to God right after a satanic attack. I mean, come on, folks. The, the Scripture is pretty amazing how God interweaves it all and puts it together. Amen? Listen, don't blame God when you're facing a satanic attack. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Amen? And don't blame Him for what's going on. Number two, Paul did not try to answer his accusers. Is that interesting? All right? When they, oh, oh he must have been a murderer if, if, if the beast would latch on and kill him. I mean, there were some false, heavy accusations flying around. And you know what Paul didn't do? He didn't try to answer them. By the way, you know what he did? He did what we all ought to do. He kept building the fire. Okay? Paul wasn't a drama king. He didn't get all caught up in the drama. I mean, you know, I mean, oh no, look what this beast did. Oh no, why did God allow this to happen to me? Doesn't he know who I am? I'm his servant. I'm his minister. Wah, 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 wah. No, you know what he did? He didn't say anything. He just was stayed busy at doing what he, God had for him for do. Amen? Now, folks, listen. You cannot or should not try to answer every accusation. 
By the way, you read, you read the Gospels. I love it. Jesus, man, I've been studying his life recently and, and just kind of analyzing how he responded to those that spoke to him. You know, Jesus rarely ever answered a question directly. When, when, especially those like the Pharisees and, and the religious uh, re- leaders that were trying to trick him up. A lot of times, he would answer a question with a question or he would just simply ignore them. You realize not everything needs to be answered? Okay? Don't think you've got to come up with some great spiritual answer to try to answer everything. Sometimes, you know what's best to, be, to do? Be quiet and keep doing right. Amen? Paul didn't try to answer his accusers. Think about this. Paul did not run away from the fire. The place where the satanic attack came from, he didn't run away from it. He did not stop helping others. And folks, again, we've already likened the fire to the local church. Hey, don't quit attending church during a satanic attack. If anything, you need to be more faithful to church. Amen? Don't run away from church. Run to church. Continue to serve God. Again, if you quit, game over, the devil wins. Don't give him the satisfaction of winning that battle in your life. Don't run away from the fire. And then last of all, Paul used the heat of the fire to destroy the viper. Think about that. What did he do? He shook it off into the fire. The very fire Paul built was what the Lord let him use to destroy the viper. You know what that means? This It means this. Just keep serving God and let your faithfulness answer your critics. Just keep staying faithful. Okay? Let me tell you something. If you are a biblical Christian in 2021, and I mean a biblical Christian, okay? Your friends, your family, this world's going to think you're nuts. Okay? They're going to start saying things like this. Oh, you must go to that cult church. Cult church. All right? No, we just go to a Bible-believing church. Amen? And yeah, I, uh, uh, the Bible, uh, Bible believers in this day and age, and I'm talking about genuine Christians. I'm not talking about the, the, the ridiculous stuff that goes on. I'm talking about genuine Christianity. This world doesn't get it. Amen? But by the way, I'm not here to impress a world mentality. I'm here to uh, uh, live a life that's pleasing in the eyes of the Savior. Amen? Because like I said Thursday night, guess what? It's not called the judgment seat of my peers that I'll be standing before one of these days. It's not called the judgment seat of the community. It's not called the judgment seat seat of society. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. That as a Christian, I'll stand before and give an account of my stewardship to my Savior. Amen? So His opinion ought to be the one that trumps everybody else's. Listen, allow the heat of the fire to destroy the viper. Now in the end, praise God, He protected His man. God changed the mind of the critics. God blessed Paul for building the fire. Amen? And so let me just say this. Why don't you let God fight your battles for you as you continue to serve Him? Okay? God is big enough to handle anything. So why don't you let Him deal with that? All right? Let Him handle that. I mean, listen, folks, down through the years, and, 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 and I wouldn't say anything major compared to what some people, but I've been, I've been attacked a few times for, for trying to do right, for trying to stand for right, for being misunderstood, for trying to uh, be what God would have for me to be. All right? I'm going to say this. It's real easy to want to get in the flesh when that happens. It's real easy to want to say things you shouldn't say, do things you shouldn't do. All right? But listen, as a mature Christian, when that comes, listen to me, let God deal with it. Amen? How about this verse? Man, it's good. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, 
And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You read the back of the book, we're winning this thing. Amen? Praise God, Jesus is going to come one of these days at the end of the battle of Armageddon when the world's armies are, are, are there gathered in that valley of Megiddo. They're outside of Israel to try to fight against Jesus Christ. Guess what? He's coming back on that white horse. We'll be with Him. He wins the battle. All right? So come on, listen to me. In the midst of the fight we're in right now, let's continue to stand against these satanic attacks. Hey, here's a fair question for all of us. One year from now, by the way, who knows what a year can bring, right? I mean, who, who would have thought when we turned the calendar year to 2020, it would have been what it was? Who would have thought when we turned it to 2021, it had been what it was? Listen, folks, we have no idea in 12 months from now what this thing's going to be like. But here's a fair question for all of us. Where are you going to be a year from now? Are you going to be where God wants you to be? Are you going to be in the place God wants you to be? Are you going to be serving God the way God wants for you to serve Him? Or you know what? Are you going to fall for a satanic attack that he brings into your life? And you know what? And instead of being faithful, we, we, we're unfaithful. Amen? And listen, I don't just say that to the congregation. I say that to myself. Because I'm going to tell you, there ain't one of us, there's not one sin in the Bible that none, none of us are not capable of. You know why? Because of our own stinking, wicked flesh. And if we live in the flesh and give into the flesh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, we can be a has-been too. Amen? But listen, I don't want to be that for my Savior. He's done so much for me. I want to be faithful to Him. And when this thing's all said and done, the smoke clears and we're in heaven, the judgment seat of Christ, I want to hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? And so how to stand through satanic attacks. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.